Hello there, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. This is Allison here in Austin with MSW Nutrition. As always, your co-hosts for this show are Nurse Doza and Baldo at Tex-Mex Yogi. Before I introduce today's guest... This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. So today we are joined by Irik Wiggins. He is a keto influencer on Instagram, um, super nice guy, big following, uh, uses it basically to share helpful keto tips, um, anywhere from lifestyle to snacking to, you know, straight up actual food (laughs) mindset, all of those things. So that's what today's podcast gets into. If you're interested in keto at all, Irik is an expert and there's a lot of good information in this episode. So here is Irik Wiggins on the How Do You Health podcast. So, all right, so welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. Uh, Friday afternoon, now we had a great morning on earlier today, and uh, today, this afternoon, we're talking to Rick Wiggins. He's a keto influencer, and uh, we're going to talk things about keto, we're going to talk positivity, we're going to talk about health. Uh, as you guys know, I'm Tex-Mex Yogi, I talk about fasting all the time, and so I'm sure we're going to connect on that, and then we got Nurse Doza, and we're going to talk vitamins. Uh, Rick already got a, a nice little shot earlier today, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, here we go. So let's get the party started. So before we were jumping on to the recording, we were talking about positivity, which I love this subject, right? You're in the health and wellness world, right? And it's funny because we met through another health and wellness person, Logan. And it, was on here, it was on here a couple weeks ago. His, his, so his episode's about to release next week. Yeah. And it's interesting because you're in the health and wellness world, but... You're more than food, right? Yeah. Like you lead with keto, right? You say you're keto, but you were telling me like keto is half your story. 
whether someone's doing it for you or you're doing it for yourself, you're saying you can't do that. But it's almost like, well, I don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, that's yeah. my entire mindset. Like, I, uh, I, I just know that's how my brain works. It's like as soon as something's forbidden, it's like, oh, now it's on. Like, now I'm really going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I am with women. That's how you are with women. Yeah. Yeah, that is true, actually. That's funny. Well, Baldur's mindset is like, you can't tell me that I can't because I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? So did you have some kind of that? Like, like you're not going to tell me what to eat because I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, I think that's why keto resonated with me. Because it was kind of counterculture of like what was popular. But then at the same time, it was like, it was still like the idea that like, I was almost proving myself wrong, that like, I believed I couldn't get healthy. And I found something that worked and it's like, oh, like I've spent my entire life telling myself I'll never get healthy. Now it's like, no, I'm really going to do it. And, uh, and I just can't, I still can't believe it worked. Like, I, I, I just remember the mindset of feeling totally helpless of like, I would like try to go for a run and I would go on like one run in like five years and I just would be like, this isn't going to work, this sucks. And as I learned about the mental health benefits of exercise, that seems to be a common theme for my health journey is like, I want to get healthier, I want to like look better or whatever, but whenever I learn about like the mental health benefits side of it, that's when I like and be able to like actually attempt it and feel more compelled to do it. And then I learned about like, oh, if you work out, you're actually like hacking your brain into happiness. So now I'm like addicted to working out. Like I hate having to take days off. Like I, I just, I probably run too much to the point where it's like not good for me. You know? And, uh, and yeah, that's just like, I don't know, I kind of just went off on it. Yeah, no, 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 no,
you take somebody who has never worked out before and say, let's work out this week, you're going to feel happy. They're not going to feel happy because it's like you're still getting used to the process of it. But once it sticks and becomes a routine, it's like now these things that even you don't look forward to, you know that it's going to like, it's so much more fulfilling rather than like just a quick hit of pleasure. And that's like the path to happiness is like taking those steps towards fulfillment that aren't always comfortable, but you know they're the right step to take. I love that because fulfillment is a different type of satisfaction, right? You can get happiness and be satisfied because think about a person eats a meal. They've, I've been looking forward to my favorite dinner all week. I ate it. I feel happy. Do you really feel happy? Is that really what the end result was, right? Because what will happen is you ask someone, especially with like here in Texas, you have Mexican food everywhere, right? People will eat Mexican food until their stomach blows, until they feel miserable. They're eating until their body says that was too much food, and then something goes off in their mind that says, now I'm happy. Yeah. That's so odd because now you're like, I ate a tin can of sardines, it was probably 300 calories. And I'm super happy. Like, I'm so happy. I don't feel bloated. I'm not tired. I feel full. And I feel like I'm going to work out here and I'm not slowed down. Yeah, exactly. And it's what it's what do you want? It's like I said, I've been saying this a lot lately during my lives is a lot of times we think what we want is like um, the mouth pleasure. But, like, do you really want that? Because you know what comes with that. It's like, do you want to be constantly. In play, do you want to constantly like have low energy? Do you want to feel fatigued all the time? Do you want your brain to just like short circuit randomly throughout the day? Because if those aren't the things you want, then I don't think you actually want the donut. I don't think you actually want the unhealthy food. So it's like like finding happiness is really about realizing a lot of the things we think we want aren't happy. We follow the if we follow the like the cause and effect of like, okay, I have the thing that I think I want, and then I'll be like, okay, now how am I going to feel a week later? Like you said earlier, if I eat candy for ten days, what's going to happen to my body? It's like if you just follow the result from doing what you think you want, you realize, oh, this actually isn't what I want. Well, the other thing is like, if you do want to eat candy for ten days straight, okay. But also don't eat candy for 10 days straight, like at all, and do like a different, and see, and, and at least journal the difference in it, because then I think you choose, it, it, it's not even a choice at that point, it's like, why would I even do this? Yeah. But the thing is, a lot of times people just don't even take the time for that, right? And, you know, I, once I've told you, like, I've talked about fasting all the time, and our, our good friend Katie, which if you have met her, you're a some point, she just did her, like, first four-day fast recently. And like coast her through it. And her, her biggest thing, her biggest takeaway, which I kind of like, told her that this is probably what you're going to take away from it, was like, I realized that a lot of times I just eat just because I just like food and I'm not really hungry. I also realized, like, because I told her just do some salt sometimes if you feel like so. Sometimes it's like a, like a, what is it, like an electrolyte imbalance. It's not really a hunger thing, it's exactly. more of a it's communication salt. thing. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, and I also realized that I really wasn't hungry most of the time. Yeah. Right, and it was just like, yeah, and like those are those were all the things that 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 I always like to talk about because it's crazy now because now that she's on the other side of her first class, she's like, well, I realized that I don't really need to eat all those things. Mm-hmm. Like it's just 
I just do it just because I feel like I do. Or like habituated to 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 eat three meals a day or to like eat a lot, like you said, like Mexican but like or like with Mexican family probably it happens in every family but where it's like if you don't get the seconds then you don't love me. Yeah, you didn't eat enough. You don't love me because you didn't eat all my food. So yeah. it's, it's, there's this connection to emotion, right? The idea is that if you celebrate, how do people celebrate? A big win. Did you high-five someone? Did you go run six miles? Did you say, I'm going to go binge? I'm going to, like, I deserve this shit, right? And it's kind of like what you said before about even, like, eating 10 days. Like, I would ask, well, why are you going to eat 10 days of candy in a row? Like, why? Yeah. Why are you going to do that to yourself? What, what's the end result out there? Well, I'm going to celebrate that I've succeeded at doing this. Cool. Is that going to make you feel better after you celebrate? Because I would celebrate and maybe think like crying is a great release. To me, that's more therapeutic and beneficial. I can take all the positive benefits from doing 10 days of crying in a row. But yet, it goes back to the negative connotation. We should do that at crying challenge. Well, yeah, think about totally it. If you could make yourself cry 10 days in a row, what kind of effort does it take to get those emotions to come up? Because think about it. The food. We're lazy, right? Food gives us these pleasures and sensation, these taste buds and these ideas. And it's very easy. All we have to do is open our mouth and chew. But then it's like, well, what is the feeling? Describe it that you're getting from that food that you're eating right now. What does it feel like when those flavors hit your mouth? It's euphoric. It's orgasmic. It's like there's a party going in my mouth and I was invited. That's essentially what it is. And I'm saying, well, why do you feel that way with chocolate? Why don't you feel that way with broccoli? Well, my mom didn't grow up baking broccoli for me. She'd break me this chocolate chip cookie that I used to love all the time. She baked it for all my birthdays. Yeah. Oh, that's what she did. You're celebrating because you want to feel that sensation of that love you got from your parents when you were younger. Yeah. And I think that that's right? why people consume more of it because they don't, they don't get that. Right? And it's like, well, what if I ate two of them? Eat your feelings. Right? Like, eat your I, feelings. If I ate more of this cake, am I going to be happy? I'm going to get back to that time. Or the stressful eating. I'm stressed. I don't know how to compensate. All I know is if I eat this, it's going to give me a sugar high or crash and dopamine response. I'll feel good. I'll worry about the crash later. Well, it's crazy because I have a lot of recipes in my family. They never really pass. I don't have the exact recipes, but the recipes that I'll cook them and the way I remember them. I was like, yeah, they wasn't, like it didn't get me there. So then I'll evolve the recipe into more like healthier versions, like even the salsa. Like I'd like to think. And actually, it's fantastic, right? But it's something that I just had to learn because of the others, things that weren't all that great for us anyway. So, uh, but it's just like you can, it's really more about the sensation, right? We talked about that word in your sensation of like sensation of sensing yeah. what's going on besides just the, the first thing that happens when you put it in your mouth. Well, I would like to know now, Rick, because I mean, you said you started off as a recipe page, so. Let's say, for example, you make a meal, and you're like, all right, I'm going to take a photo of this, I'm going to video this, I'm going to chat about this. What's going through your mind when you're looking at the food or when you're preparing that meal? Like, before you even eat it, like, what's going through your mind? It's, it's anticipation of pleasure. It's, and then it's also thinking, there's a lot of people right now who think that keto is boring, that are going to see this and be like, oh, damn. I didn't know I could have that, you know. But it, and you make them simple, right? Because the other bit, I, I don't know if it's your last one, but the last one that I saw was just like, oh, some cheese, some ground beef. Yeah, I saw that. Just a little and you put triangles around it. Yeah, yeah. Right to, yeah. Yep, exactly. And yeah, it's, so it's like, oh, that's easy. Yeah, people don't realize 
how easy, but like good dude can be on keto or on any health journey. And it's like we like the thing. There's a carb for, or there's a keto recipe or a healthy recipe for everything you crave, except a few things, except like McDonald's fries. You're not gonna. Like, I've tried it with, like, every, like, root vegetable, whatever, it's just not going to happen. But there's pretty much every, there's something you can make that's a healthy version of whatever you crave. And a lot of people don't realize that. So, like, when when I first started keto my entire first year, I ate a lot of, like, bunless burgers, toppings off pizza, like, really, like, not clean food at all. But I just thought that's what you ate. I was like, oh, you just, like, don't eat the bread off of the burger. But then it's like I start learning about, like, nah, like, I'm actually going to get into cooking and stuff. And, and then I realize I don't like baking, but I do like simple recipes. So I just start, like, saying, I'm, I'm pretty creative. Like, I'll just, like, you bake cheese, it turns into chips. You take vegetables and you put them in olive or coconut oil, and they actually taste good. And it's, like, compared to, like, when you just, like, boil them or something. Yeah. Well, you know? plus you're taking away all the nutrients, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it still takes a whole approach to like our turning our attention toward nutrition upside down. Like the idea that fat was should be the basis of your meal as the keto is unheard of because ten years ago that was not the case. It was still grains, yeah. it was still bread, and sugar. Like essentially like sugar should be most of your meals, carbs, sixty five percent of your diet carbs. Now we're saying no, fat. Imagine sixty five percent of your diet was fat. Yeah. Would you be healthier? You said yes. You're a prime example of that. Which is that why I think it's incredible that we eat more avocados and we eat more olive oil, sardines, right? We have sardines all the time as snacks. And when I eat food now, and when I'm preparing food, I say, how is this going to help my body? And I think the cooking brings a whole other dynamic to being in tune with your body and the connection and what you put in it. Like, if you go to a faster restaurant, the prep time is meal because I'm thinking I don't have time to think about what I want give me something to stuff in my mouth right now because I'm going to finish this meal by the time I leave the parking lot yeah. I got something else I got to think about so think about those times you eat and you're not even tasting your food mm-hmm. it's sustenance when you finally well, which, sit is, out, which is kind of intuitive right because like you're you're thinking about the oh, I can't wait to get all that and you just like stuff it and it's like well, give me a enjoy but it. you didn't enjoy it <laughs> but imagine though you say okay well is that a bad or good thing? I don't know if it's a bad thing. Because imagine if you say, well, I know these sardines aren't very healthy. I mean, uh, they're not tasty. Yes. But I'm going to eat them because I need to get some nutrients in my body. So what we'll do is, like, I was thinking about this, too. I was like, who still has lunch nowadays? Like, I don't have time to sit down People for an hour and lunch. Just like, because I'm thinking, like, I go outside, and I eat a can of sardines, an avocado, maybe two avocados. And that took me, what, five, ten minutes? I'm full. I didn't need to have this whole preparation, right? I'm a, I don't like to cook, but imagine you cook. And Baldo, that's art for him. He gets to create, right? You get to create. When you're creating the snack, you say, I get to create for thousands of people. Yeah. Right? And so your fulfillment is probably different. Yeah, right? it is. How do you feel when someone doesn't like it? What's up? Or maybe, <laughs> maybe even if you didn't get a good time, what do you think? I don't think. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, someone else will, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I'm good at not uh, identifying with anything. I'm pretty. I'm pretty decent. I don't know where it comes from, but I'm just like, 
somewhat bothers me, mainly from like, I wish I could just throw it away and redo it right now. Mm. From that sense, because I wanted to redo it. Yeah. I already, at that point, I already know what I want to change about it. What, but is that you saying you don't like the food? Because most everything I've eaten from you is pretty good. Yeah, there's times that, well, which is which is great, because I'm not, so there's been times that, I, that I'll cook, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And I'm like, I'm like, but I can't throw it away. I wish I could. Mm. And, and I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. I wish I could. Like reverse it maybe and then redo it again because I already have in mind like what I could do differently. But then she'll be like, "Oh, this is amazing." Was that? But but what I learned is that now I just get people to try it first before I try it. Well, <laughs> why well, I imagine too with you, like you were putting this stuff out and you said, "Well, I'm going to do live TV now, right?" I no one ever saw me. You saw my feels. All of a sudden, like you took off, right? Yeah. Even more so. You weren't expecting that, were you? Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And as soon as I went live, I was like, oh, I actually like this. Yeah, yeah but why? Why do you think it was Are you just doing it on your phone? Or are you doing it? Literally just my phone. Yeah. So, so what's the difference, you think? I think it feels more like I'm, I'm hanging out with people. Because yeah. the live stream, it's not the live stream that has my huge, my whole audience. My audience is like, they see the recipes I post, whatever. Live streams not that many people, so it's really like I I can get through every comment during a live stream, and sometimes there's dead air like during like November December whenever it's the holidays people aren't doing you know, but I'm like talking to people throughout these live streams and basically uh, I've been ever since I started going live in the kitchen with viewers that like went way up I used to go live at nature parks and stuff, so now I do have trouble getting through all the comments but it still feels like. Man, like this is like a it's a combination of I'm hanging out with friends, but it's also like I'm sharing valuable information that could change somebody's life. And I I never thought of it that It's education. Yeah. Right. We're, we're all that's cool. And that's cool. We just said that they're emphasizing it. Why do you feel that way? Uh, why do I feel like why do you feel like you're changing someone's life? Oh, because people overcomplicate things in their brain, but when I just say it and like the I'm just a very simple person in general, and whenever I could just say it with how I think about keto, they're like, oh, I don't have to track every tiny macro and do all these like, overcomplicated things. It's like, people always tell me, like, you have such a chill approach to keto, and it's like, yeah, I can, I'm just, I don't overthink it. I just do what I, I just intuitively keep my carbs low, and then from there, get healthier. Okay, I got another question. So, when you're doing the live, or when you have people that are asking you questions, I'm sure they'll ask you very in-depth questions, right? Like, hey, I've been dealing with this. What do you suggest for this, right? And I, I know you probably know your language. You're like, you know, I'm not, I can't give you advice on that. It's just yeah, I said, I said that in 10 times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but you hear it enough, it's a trend. It's like people keep asking about this. This seems to be the hot topic. People, a lot of people are dealing with this, right? Maybe you're just to us. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm curious, though, because they're looking at you for more than just food advice. Yeah. By you changing the way they eat food, they're changing their mindset on life, mm-hmm. right? Because food is a source of nutrients. That's all food is. We just glorify it and make it a passion project now, right? Yeah. But you basically say, look, this is just how I function. I want to make it taste good, and I don't like to cook. So it's very easy for me to do it, this approach. You show a person how to fish. Teach them health, yeah. so that's what you're doing. You're a teacher of health, right? That's I think where the fulfillment comes from. But what, what does it do to you as far as what you talk about? Because you can't just talk about food the whole time. Or do you? Do 
cheat code to like, oh, I can, because like a lot of people misinterpretations is like, oh, but I have three years to get to my goal, so if I have the McDonald's today, it's not going to throw me off. But it's like, but you become who you're going to be in three years by what your choices of today, you know, and it's like, but you also have to forgive yourself when you do have the McDonald's. That's the first thing I say when people say I cheated is, first step, they say, how do I get back into ketosis? I cheated. I say, forgive yourself because stressing over it it's going to send you into a downward spiral. It's just going to make you eat more carbs. You're just going to keep just re-entering this cycle. But if you forgive yourself, you can step outside of it, and you're able to now be like, okay, I did that. I love myself. And through self-love, that's how I'm going to get back on track. You never get back on track by saying, I'm a, I, I can't stick. Like, your self-talk is becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you cheat on Friday, then on Saturday you're saying, man, I'm so terrible, I suck. And your subconscious is like, oh, you're terrible, we suck. Let's go, like, let's really go eat McDonald's now. Yeah. Yeah. And seven weeks later, you gained everything back less some, and you're asking me, like, yo, quarantine threw me off track. What do I do to get back? And it's like, let's start with self-love. In my second book, or really my third book now, uh, the one I'm working on, I was working on it today, it's called, it's, I don't know the exact title, it's going to be like related to keto and self-love, because it's like, that is where it all starts, it's like a daily, it's going to be like a daily affirmation, and it's all going to be centered around like loving yourself, is, or like eating healthy is the ultimate form of loving yourself, because if you want to take care of yourself, you can't do it by saying, I hate my body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. I love that. I love everything you yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing I always say, to, like the Yeah. Right? Because it's more of like 
look at how much food I can waste rather than look at how much I can consume. And, yeah, and, and, and stores, right? It was just like, yeah, just give yeah, me a bounty of everything. Like the smorgasbord, you know, the King England was always fat, you know, buffets and all that. I'm like, when is buffet a thing? Like, you don't need to eat four plates of a meal, right? But the whole idea is like, Look how look how well my family's doing. We can eat whatever, but we give scraps to the dog. You know, like well, there were, yeah, there, there was a period that being like fat was a, like a status. Yeah, right? because it was like that meant that you could afford a lot of food. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. and it's just incredible because it, it's kind of a status thing. Right? Well, you always talk about how like like because well, you grew up from like not a wealthy family, yeah. it's like and it was like oh we have money or we're gonna splurge on like let's go get McDonald's. And that was the thing, because my parents grew up wrong side of the tracks, they grew up on a farm. My dad used to say, you know what organic food was? He'd go in the back, and pick it up out of the ground, and then we'd grab the chicken, bring it by the neck, pull the feathers off, and we had organic chicken. And to us, we're like, yeah, that's barbaric. I'm like, no, that's where your food comes from. Yeah. Right? That's what happens. So if you really want to look at saying, okay, what's the disconnect that we have? The idea is that we don't even know the source of our food. Because we don't have time to learn about it. You look up and you say, soil's been shit for the last hundred years. It's We have 70 years of farming left. And if that doesn't scare the bejesus out of you, then it's like, do you really care about other people around you? Because the truth is, we don't have a food problem. We have a waste problem, at least in America. You go to the rest of the world, people are like, what do you mean you have a bunch of fat people walking around? You just don't eat food? You supersize? What the hell is supersizing? Like, what are sodas? Yeah. You know, like, and so it's like, man, we're so, we're so lucky to have whatever we want at our disposal, but then it's like, what is it that we really need, right? We have too much of this, we don't have enough of that, and yet we have this food chain that comes with it. You know, one of the talks lately is, I can't afford organic. Minorities can't afford organic. I'll quit shaming me into saying, ask me gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, when the conversation is, no, just understand where your food's coming from. Understand that the food that you put in your body affects you, Yeah. Right? And what if it wasn't that we emphasize the idea that we said, eat like you're trying to prevent diabetes. What if you ate like you're really trying to keep your mental wellness on point? Yeah. Because through this whole ordeal, people's stress dictates what they eat. Mm. If I'm stressed, I make poor decisions. You didn't gain weight through this pandemic, right? Bono right. did it. I did it. I have a lot of friends that did it. Most of your friends probably too. And you're like, why would I gain weight when it's stressful outside? Yeah. But most people don't see it that way. So let me let's get into that. So your mindset has to be so on point with who you are and comfortable with yourself. So if you're not comfortable with who you are, you won't ever accept food for really what it should be. So go to the positive mindset and say, okay, someone comes to you, they don't know how to lose weight. They've tried everything. They've tried this workout. Is there a certain point to where you're like, there's a mental aspect to this? This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. 
creates a neural, it's actually the fastest way to create a new neural, neural pathway. Have you read Tiny Habits or Atomic Habits, either of those books? They, they explain the exact science of why that is the case, and it's amazing. It, uh, it's everything I've known worked. We explained in, like, the actual, like, references of, like, the things you intuitively know if you're on this path anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, have, being able to realize that you're on that path. Like, let's say, I, maybe it was, yeah, like, how do you know that you're on the right path, right? Do you need to check in? Do you need validation? Right, I think why measurements like Judy Craig and Weight Watchers has always worked because you can check in. Let's check in with you. And there's kind of this like this expectation that if I'm not at where I need to be, I'm failing. No, like you said before, hey, women might lose weight at a, a, a slower rate. Yeah. Just accept that. Okay, I'm cool with that. Imagine you give a heads up, say, hey, this is gonna be a difficult road. This isn't gonna be 30 days. This is gonna be like a year. What if losing weight meant planning things out for the next year, right? If you give people that expectation, they tend to not be disappointed if they're not getting the results they need because then maybe they're like, you know what? We need to troubleshoot. Yeah. It's not working right now. I'm on the wrong. And there's been times people come in, it's not working. Everything you told me, I'm doing. It's not, it's your fault. Almost like, what do you mean? I told you this worked for everyone else. Let's troubleshoot. What seems to be the problem? And usually it's diet. Like it's always diet. Ah, oh, you're right. I've been eating super clean, but then on the weekends, like you know, I do this. I'm like, okay, well, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, if you want to get there, understand this is what cheating looks like on a meal. Let's say you eat shit on the weekend, but you eat super clean during the week. You're throwing a wrench into your metabolism. What if your cheat weekend was once a month? Yeah, that makes that made so many big differences for me. Yeah, my first year of keto, I had weekly cheat days. Yeah, I felt terrible for three days. And then I moved it for four days, and it was a cycle. In my second and third year, I switched it to monthly cheat days. And in my fourth year of keto, I hit a 60-day period where I didn't cheat. And I was like, it's time I can have a cheat day now. And I didn't even have one. Because when you did finally have one, you felt like what? It, it's not good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not good. Like, I don't like it. Like, the reason I didn't, it came down to also, um, I recently started lifting or whatever. And uh, and I like, kind of messed up my shoulder, and it was like Mother's Day. It had been two months since my last cheat, and I was like, I, I read on a pros and cons list of what if I cheat, and there were just too many things. There were too many cons to it, and one of them was uh, I was like, I don't, I want my shoulder to get better, so I'm gonna start lifting again. So I was like, what if I cheat? Um, like I think writing down a pros and cons list could have saved me. I don't know if it would have stopped my first year because my first year I was coming in crazy. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I guarantee those two, the second and third year, I could have interrupted the monthly G days and put it into them if I would have just started down a person counselors because like it made me think of like what actually happens when I eat it. And then when you know what is going to happen, it's like you start associating that food with like a it's like an uneasy feeling. It's like uh, I don't want that. Like, I don't like how I feel when I have. Because my cheat days weren't just like, I'm going to eat some, like, sweet potatoes. My cheat days were like, I'm going to McDonald's to get fries and chicken nuggets and eight, and eight sides of sweet and sour. I'm going to Mickey's to get a frosty. Damn. I'm also going to Subway because it stays cold or it's good to have later on in the day. <laughs> I'm also going to Taco Bell. 
I'm also going to Walmart to get a tub of ice cream, and that's going to be my cheat day. That's incredible. That's a lot of effort right there. <laughs> oh, it was expensive, too. Yeah. It was like about probably 50 or 60 bucks worth of, probably more, honestly. And it's like when you're doing that every week, it's just like, no way. it's unnecessary. Let me ask you this. Do you, I know you mentioned earlier you get to do keto, like, to eat, like eating the same food you love. Do you still like eating like chocolate and ice cream? So do you still get to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. All day. All day. You just do it keto style. Well, I have one huge meal that's mouth pleasure. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, I mean, stuff like sardines, whatever. So each day you have a mouth water. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And the mouth water meal looks like what? Uh, last night, it was like I took uh, this like mix to make like a keto bread. And I made like a BLT with it with turkey and uh, big turkey on it and like some like I don't, I don't usually do mayo, because I know that store-bought mayo has inflammatory oils in my soybean oil. But for the sake of the picture I wanted to get from it, I put some mayo on it, because sour cream just doesn't look the same. So I, uh, so I had it with that. But it's like, that's like an example. Another example could be like, I'll eat an entire chicken breast pizza. You take like ground chicken, you put cheese and pepperonis, probably not good. But it's like, I'm eating so good the rest of the day. And I think at a certain point, you're allowed to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, body kicks it out. Right. Like, it's almost like, I don't even need all this. Well, I think you should, like you said, you allow yourself. You have to really have a relationship with food to where you allow yourself to enjoy those things. Because if you say, I want pizza, eat pizza. Just eat it very differently than what you used to, right? Like, Mott's Pizza is down the road, I'm sensitive to tomatoes. So there's times I'll get it, and they, they put olive oil instead of tomato sauce. Yeah. And I'm like, that's perfect. I can still have my pizza. Because most people, they, everyone thinks I'm vegan. They ask Baldwin, too, because he doesn't even eat sometimes. And they're like, so what do you eat? Like, do yeah. like, you eat super healthy all the time. And he's like, yeah, I do. But I still eat babacoa, and I still eat tacos. And, you know, I have my coffee. I just don't put cream in it. You know, I don't, you know, put, like cheese all over my tacos when I do, I do corn tortillas when yeah. I do, right? Uh, see if they chips if we can, you know? So it's, I love uh, not a new ice cream. I have a sweet tooth, so I have to have chocolate or sugar. I just, I don't eat Hershey's chocolate bars anymore. Yeah. I can't do that because if I eat my stomach, it hurts. And it's like, what do you really want? You want to feel good. Right, and I want to feel good. So if I eat this and it doesn't make me feel good, then I stay away from it. And I've noticed that too, that my palate's changed to where I'm like, I don't crave the same foods I used to crave. When you have that mouth watering meal, I mean, I remember when those day of Big Macs was like everything. I yeah. wanted a big old, big gulp to it with the Dr. Pepper and the cherry flavor in there too. And like, just mouth watering, right? And I look at my stuff, it's like, ugh, there's no way. I had a big red like 10 years ago and I had one forever. I grew up on it. And I was like, how did I drink this? It's too syrupy. This is too much for me. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. Yeah. Right? And it's incredible because I said, why, why did I like this so much growing up? What was, what was it that I loved about it? And I think it's more of like, the mental aspect behind it. When I get to commercials, I like they're walking around on the beach holding hands with their family. They just ate their favorite fast food dinner. I want that feeling with my family. That's really what I want. Yeah. You know, that person looks incredible. They're on the beach, they have a six pack of abs. I want those abs because then I feel confidence when I take my shirt off when I go to the pool. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what I need in order to have a happier life. But, see, but the, all those commercials were. 
like there were commercials and it was still like the six pack and it was for like a Coke commercial. Yeah. Right? Or like for like you know, like a lot of it no not at all and, 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 this, and, and even i found out too like the guys that have the six-pack abs that are going up to natural supplements they're on testosterone and they're on a fat cutter on some kind of stimulant and they're like basically have an eating disorder and like they go through because they tell you like there's an image that i have to withhold yeah. And like guys have body just galore. Oh yeah. Right? And I'm sure you have a lot of guys and probably even to yourself to a certain extent was like, man, like I don't look like the guys that like they do on TV. I'm eating the same thing. Why doesn't my body look like that? Yeah. I, I would love to have abs, but like I said, I have that muscle butcher meal every day. <laughs> so I'm cool with an extra ten or fifteen pounds, but it's like it's a little I, I feel good. You have and you enjoy it, right? You're yeah. not gonna starve yourself. But I've I've been down that path where I'm very strict on my diet and I can't do it all the time because basically it's, it's mundane. I eat the same thing over and over again and it's like this is boring. But this is sustenance. And food doesn't have to be mouthwatered all the time because I just need nutrients. Yeah. Right? And that's what that's what keto helps you do is instead of getting uh, the blood sugar spike and then the crash and then you're actually craving like you physically need the Snickers bar keto or any diet where you cut out the sugar, you're now in a place where it's like, you don't need food. You're not approaching food from like a neediness mindset. It's more of like a nurturing. Yeah. You know? and, that's, and how long did it take you to get that mindset? A while. Right? Your whole I, life. I, yeah, my whole life. So like 20 years. It's incredible. And you still, like, your, is your diet going to change if you have a future? Yeah, because I started keto and I was very unhealthy with it. And I was unhealthy with it because obviously I was getting healthier, but I was just very, I didn't care about ingredients, whatever. Now I've cut back like two years on the keto, I decided, really two and a half, three years on the keto, I decided, let's cut out the inflammatory oils. That means no more hidden battery ranch. That means no more helmets mayo. Maybe like once a week I'll do inflammatory oils, but it's very rare. And it's like, it's harder, but it's you feel better and then when i had that mayo last night and i feel how i feel it's like i know why i cut it out but your your base level of how you feel prior to ever embarking on the self journey you've been accustomed to that feeling your entire life so you don't know you feel like crap you don't know you feel miserable because it's just normal it's just yeah. i wake up feeling like terrible every day and i don't even know if this feels terrible but then you do keto and then you have a cheat day and then you feel terrible and then it's like you don't feel terrible after a cheat day because you feel keto you, know, you feel terrible after a cheat day because that's how that type of food makes you feel you were just so numb to it in the past you didn't have a reference point to look back so up you're just aware yeah exactly it's like you know what kind of yeah yeah the awareness is everything it's how does my toe feel after I eat that certain meal? Does my stomach get bloated? Am I tired 30 minutes, 60 minutes after eating? Uh, I went to my aunt uncle's last year and I avoided Halloween candy, which is really hard to do around that time, right? Because come around like October through almost March, it's all holiday snacks. All holidays get you to buy chocolate and buy this and this sweet and all that. If you don't eat enough, you don't give it to people, or you look weird, right? Uh, imagine not giving chocolate on Valentine's Day, right? You know, it's kind of yeah. weird, right? But people break keto bread and they'll do all this stuff. So, like, I remember um, the Halloween, I went to my uncles and they had a bunch of Halloween candy. I avoided it for a whole month. 
Yeah, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I love Reese's Peanut Butter I've been having forever, you know, that, that nostalgia came back to me when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, I'll just get a couple spice. And I did. Five minutes later, I had my day. And I was like, it's shit. I know it is. Why now? But then before, it's because I, had, I don't introduce it. And I did now. I don't feel good. Yeah. I don't feel good at all. And most people don't know how good it feels to feel good. And what I imagine is you have to remove the emotional connection to food, which is a mental, it's a mental disorder. Yeah. That's all it is. People are infatuated food to where you literally have 500,000 followers watching your meal, your meal. Every time you cook a meal, they say, I want to over eating. That's incredible. Right? And it's like, then I got behind from out of the camera. And like, here's the man behind it. And you're like, it's pretty simple, guys. Like, you know, you yeah. do a couple things here and there. It's not rocket science, you know? <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. But but yet, it helps you. And they look at you and say, give me guidance. You seem like you figured it out. And it's incredible because you said, I lost weight. But they're like, that didn't make me figure it all out. I lost weight. I figured this out. But now it's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. Right? Why do I feel good now? Yeah. You know, do I, am I supposed to feel like this all the time? Imagine you meet someone, do you drink coffee? Yeah. Okay. How many cups of coffee do you drink? It used to be one. Lately, it's been two. Two. Okay. So, but you cut it off at a certain point in your yeah. day, right? You're like, yeah, too much. I'm good. Yeah. How many cups of coffee do we have? I have one big one. You have one big one now. But you can drink it late. Well, I can drink it. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'll just have, like, you know, I went to my dad's house and I had it. But can you, at this point in your life now, go a day without coffee and, and have energy? Yeah, I can. Like, this, I don't do it for the energy. Like, yeah. don't give me energy. What about you? I don't know because I've never taken a day off. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I need to. Well, I, because I, sometimes, curious, I, right? Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, yeah, today, no, but yeah, like, yesterday, like, even there'll be times where, like, the whole week, I'll, like, I'll make myself get coffee. So I can do about a 10 hour window. I've got it down to six, 
but I sleep better if I do a 10 hour because I don't like pushing my coffee too far into the day. And I also, it's not going to, I can stop eating at 8.30 p.m., go to bed at 11, and I sleep great. But I know that if I eat later than that, it's it's not going to be. Do you need to come back over here and uh, not just three pretty good coffee shops around the Legit, like they do like micro from around the corner. Yeah, if you like coffee, like, that's what he, I mean, he spends $10 a cup. You know, obviously he's like, this is worth it, right? Yeah, well, the other day, I was and I were having a conversation. There was another couple over here, uh, uh, Jack and, uh, and Shelby, yeah, yeah. and we were talking about the coffee to someone else. And I,
basically just live on Instagram and TikTok. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, welcome to Austin, man. Yep. Thank you, guys. This was <laughs> one of my favorite conversations I've had. Maybe my favorite conversation. Yeah, this is great. Uh,